0: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms. And we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello
1: and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday on which Anfield sees its first game of the 2022-2023 Premier League season, Liverpool hosting Crystal Palace at 8pm tonight. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this game, and I shouldn't be, because we're a significantly better team than Crystal Palace. There's no comparing the two. We're a much better team than they're. The performance against Fulham, the current state of our midfield, the injury issues that continue to mount up, they have me nervous. If you saw Palace's opening day of the season, they played Arsenal. First game of the season. First half, they looked completely disjointed. They looked like a group of lads that didn't know each other all that well or that hadn't played together in a while, and that's because they hadn't. They had two separate pre-season camps. Half the players were in the UK and Europe, did the other half were in Asia. Because of COVID vaccines and other injuries and different things, Palace had to split their camp. Why they did that, I don't know. I can only assume they'd committed to this trip to Asia and the commercial revenue that was available to them was something they couldn't turn down. But it was a bit of a mess. The first half against Arsenal showed that they'd had a mess of a preseason. The second half, they played a lot better should have scored two goals and could easily have gotten a draw or potentially stolen a win from a game in which you, to be fair, say Arsenal were the better team. But then we went out on Saturday and looked like lads that had never seen each other before. Some of our players looked like they'd been plucked from the stands having, you know, won raffles. Their seat number came up in a raffle and on they came and put in that performance. The midfield, obviously, is the biggest concern for us. Everybody's aware that we need a new midfielder. Everybody is aware of this fact. Whether they admit it or not is up to them, but everybody is aware that Liverpool need a new midfielder. Liverpool have two world-class midfielders, Tiago and Fabinho. They another very good midfielder in Naby Keita. The problem is those three midfielders, the three best midfielders at the club, all of them have injury issues. Now, Thiago and Naby, their injury issues are obviously more frequent than Fabinho's. But Fabinho always misses eight to ten league games a season. From them, the standard drops significantly. Now, you can be as high as you want on Harvey Elliott. But he's a 19 year old kid with four Premier League starts in midfield. Then you've got Jordan Henderson, 32 years of age, he's been poor for two two and a bit years now. He's had a lot of injuries, his legs are failing him. He's never been good as an eight. He's fine as a six against bad teams. But he's problematic. James Milner's 36. He's had a lot a of injuries in the last couple of years. And frankly, you would struggled to name three good starts from Milner in the last three years. He played well against Fulham when he came on, but that's different. Coming on as a sub is very different to starting and having to play 65-70. Curtis Jones, he's another one that has injury problems. And again, views on him vary but nobody can outright say he's absolutely good enough to be a regular starter for this Liverpool team because he hasn't shown that he is. He's shown flashes, but he's also shown flashes of looking completely lost. So it's a bit of a strange one. And then there's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's injury prone, who hasn't been particularly good as a midfielder over the last couple of years, and who very blatantly doesn't have the trust of the manager mean, just doesn't have the trust of the manager. We didn't. He played a couple of games in February and March, and then we didn't see him again. Had the little minor strop uh, when he was subbed off against Forest, and that was kind of it for him. Going into this game, Thiago's injured. Now, we're hopeful that Nabi Keita is back from whatever virus or whatever that he had. But Thiago and Nabi is basically one player. They can play one at a time. It's very rare we'll get to play both of them because the risk there is that they both get injured. So you've got to play one or the other in that left-sided role because no one else at the club can play that role to a decent standard. Thiago's out. You would hope that Naby starts there tonight. As the six, Fabinho's by far the best we have. Henderson, like I said, fine against bad teams. But you'd want Fabinho in there tonight against Crystal Palace. But we've got no good option on the right side. None at all. Not one at the club. The best option is Naby, but Naby's frequently injured and we need him as a backup to Thiago. The next best is Harvey, again, a 19-year-old with four Premier League starts under his belt. These are not ideal situations. We don't have enough midfielders. Whatever way you want to carve it up, we just don't have enough midfielders. Not, Not enough good ones. So that's why I'm nervous. Now, Thiago's out. He'll be out for the foreseeable. Curtis is out. We don't really know the full extent of the injury, other than Klopp said it's a stress reaction, which to me just sounds like a stress fracture. So we'll wait and see. Jota's obviously still out. Cueven Kelleher is still out. They're hopeful that Costa Simicus will be back. Joel Matip is likely to miss out with a groin injury. Ox is out for the foreseeable. Ebu, there's been no real update. We'll have to see how long it will take, but he is out for a while, said Jurgen Klopp on August the fifth. And then Calvin Ramsey, who has maybe doesn't exist. <laughs> maybe just doesn't exist. Um he he got an injury early in preseason. Klopp said it's something to do with growing pains. Seems strange, but he's out anyway. He wouldn't have played tonight, but it's a squad player that's missing. That's a lot of players. That's nine players. And that's without adding in the uncertainty of whether Nabi's 100 percent ready to go. Nine players. No one else else in the league has more than seven. Everton have seven, and they've got a whole bunch of long-term injuries. It's a, It's just concerning. It's concerning that this early in the season we're having these problems. It's concerning that in the second game of the season, you're potentially looking at Milderson starting in midfield. Like, Jesus Lord wept. Have we not seen enough over the last four years that that midfield just doesn't work? And before anyone says that midfield got us to a Champions League final, no it didn't. No it didn't. Because they played in the semi-final second leg and got annihilated in Rome in midfield. The midfield was poor at Anfield in the, the home game against Roma when we smacked them. And then they got embarrassed by Real Madrid in the final. That midfield was never good enough. And that midfield had Henderson as a six, not as an eight, where he's worse. So, And it had Ginny Wijnaldum, who's really good. So, I'm nervous. That's all I can say. If I'm being negative, I don't care. I'm nervous. It's just, it's the first home game of the season. And we have to win. We have to win. It's as simple as that. City have won. We can't afford to let them have a four-point gap this early in the season. I know it's week two. We still can't allow it. Because they look pretty unstoppable. Like, They swept West Ham aside like they were nothing. Then they beat Bournemouth with Haaland having a stinker. They scored four goals with Haaland barely being involved in the game. He completed two passes and they scored four goals. Could we score four goals if Mo had an absolute stinker and completed two passes in a game? They're scary again. Uh,. This is Anfield. One year back at Anfield, how Liverpool got its soul back with its fans. Check that one out. Ten key things to know ahead of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Two potential lineups versus Crystal Palace's Elliott and Cata decision looms. So the first potential lineup is god-awful. The goalkeeper is the goalkeeper. The defence is the defence with Gomez in instead of Matip or Ibu, so it's fine. The front three is Salah, Nunes and Diaz, and that's fine But that midfield. Milderson, either side of Fabinho, awful. That's the type of thing that keeps you up at night. The second one is significantly better. Elliot in for Henderson, Keita in for Milner. This is a much better 11. This should be the eleven. This is unlikely to be the eleven. If I had to bet, I think Klopp will play either Elliot and Henderson on the left, which will be a disaster, or Henderson on the right and Keita on the left. Neither are ideal. The Henderson and Keita one is better than the Elliott and Henderson one, but it is what it is. That's what we've got. Um what else do we have here? Darwin Nunes is the complete striker, says Patrick Vieira, and he's right. Uh he just needs one Klopp is convinced that goals will come for Luis Diaz. I, I think that's that's fairly accurate. Um Michael Edwards rejects sporting director offer from Chelsea because the man has class. Tyler Morton helps perfect start, helps maintain perfect start. As 10 feature. This is Lone Watch. Um, Morton apparently played very well in this game for Blackburn. Against uh, West Brom. Was it West Brom? I don't know who it was against. Maybe West Brom was midweek. Either way. He played played well. There was a lot of chatter about him uh, on social media. Uh, Reese Williams played for Blackpool, who were beaten by Swansea. Leighton Clarkson played 67 minutes of Aberdeen's 3-2 home defeat to Motherwell and um, was taken off with an injury, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, hopefully he recovers fairly quickly and can get back because he started very well there, and if you saw the goal he got... um it was an absolute... This was obviously not this game, in the last game. It was an absolute worldly. Uh It was West Brom. It was West Brom that Blackburn played. Um, who else played? Let's see. Uh, Marcelo Pitaluga, who has caught the eye during his time at Macclesfield, apparently played his first league game and uh, Macclesfield won 3-0. Adam Lewis played for Newport in a 2-0 defeat to Bradford. Anderson Arroyo played as a right-back for Alaves as they beat Leganus. Billy Kimetheo came on in the 35th minute um, to help Austria-Vienna beat Tyrol. So, Morton played 45. Williams played 90. Bradley, Conor Bradley, he looked really good in the few clips I saw. Uh, he played 79. Yaros played 90 minutes and kept a clean sheet for Stockport. Petaluga, 90 minutes and a clean sheet for Macclesfield. Uh, Balagizzi played 14 minutes for Crawley. That's a little bit concerning. Uh, Owen Beck and Orzinski didn't play at all. So, you'd hope that uh, someone's keeping an eye on that. Because if they're not going to play, those loans are utterly pointless. On... Liverpool.com Liverpool set to face a weapon like Virgil van Dyke as Trent Alexander-Arnold primed for test. I assu- I'm i not even going to read this. I assume it's uh, Joachim Manderson's passing, which has been compared to van Dyke in recent weeks, and Wolf Zahab in the test for um, for Trent. The bigger test will be of our midfield against Eze and Dukure, uh, both of whom are very, very good. Uh, Here we go with all the articles that invoke the names of our rivals for the cliques. Liverpool revolution may not be all it seems as Erling Haaland concern emerges at Manchester City. They won 4-0. There is no concern. He may have only completed two passes. One of them he got an assist for. There is no concern. They looked a much better team until they brought Grealish on. Then Haaland looked a bit lost. When Foden was left wing swinging the ball in for me, He looked like he was up for it. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold has not done Liverpool trademark for two years and it may never return. Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus could give Liverpool a double boost as Pep Guardiola transfer regret is likely. Why would he regret selling a player he didn't want when he bought Haaland, who's just a better player? I understand that Gabriel Jesus got two goals and two assists at the weekend. I get that. But one of the assists, the ball just hits him. He knows nothing about it. One of the goals, he stood on the goal line. It's dreadful defending. And the second assist, he passes to a fella 25 yards from goal. It's not a real assist. He hasn't done anything. He played the ball sideways 25, uh, 25 yards from goal. It's poor goalkeeper from Danny Ward. Uh, Danny Ward, by the way, what an absolute stinker that fell had at the weekend. Uh, Liverpool could beat Newcastle to transfer coup after Jose Mourinho rejected 58 million Chelsea swap. What is this nonsense? Liverpool can hand a lifeline that Chelsea player Thomas Tuchel does not trust. Beating Newcastle to a transfer that could prove a shrewd decision. Who's this about? Kai Havertz. Oh, Christian Pulisic. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Magadona. Enno Aymar. That fella can stay where he is. Thanks and uh, no thanks. Liverpool have already made Man City transfer at half the price as Jack boost has a cost. Again, why do we always need Calvin Ramsey versus Sergio Gomez? Why do we need to talk about these things? That's not an article worthy of being written. Bayern Munich transfer inquiry should put Liverpool on alert. A 71 million Chelsea deal may be doable. There's a picture of Kai Havertz. Uh, We won't be signing Kai Havertz. Uh, Eric (laughs) Eric Ten Hag is another Manchester United issue. As Brentford underlined 67 million... I don't even care what the articles about. United were an absolute shambles. A shambles at the weekend. It, one of the worst performances you'll ever see in that first half by any team. Um, Good news for, for Jordan Henderson. He no longer has the worst individual performance in the Premier League this season. All of United's team. All of them at the weekend. Every one of them. To a man. The starters and the subs, all of them were worse. Who knew that a five foot nine centre back wouldn't work in the Premier League? A five foot nine centre back who doesn't have great pace. Uh Julian Ward should follow Premier League rivals to find Liverpool another transfer location. Uh this article suggests that Liverpool should start scouting in Denmark, and I do agree there are some really talented players coming from Denmark from Nordeljand, from Mitteljand and especially, those two especially and Copenhagen, uh, all have strong academies. Nordeljand have that Right to Dream link up. I think think they're all owned by Right to Dream is actually what it is. Right to Dream is an academy in, in Ghana and I think they've actually stretched beyond Ghana as well to open a couple of satellite academies but they're harnessing the best talent in Africa, sending them to Denmark and then distributing them, them through Europe. I mean, if you haven't seen Mohamed Kudus, if you haven't seen Camaldine Sulemana, you've missed out. Go and watch those players play. They're really exciting. Uh, you might remember Mohamed Kudus. He's the kid that hurt his knee when we played Ajax in the Champions League two seasons ago. So, yeah, that's him. Um... Yeah. Anyway, Liverpool should be keeping an eye on the Danish league. Finally, then, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Time for Darwin to explode. Written by Stephen Smith. Do check that out on AnfieldIndex.com. We've got some new podcasts up on the podcast side of things as well. We have, excuse me, we have Rival Recon, Harry and his guest looking ahead to Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. You want to listen to that one before tonight, obviously. Uh, there is the episode 335 of Coach, of the main podcast entitled Culture Club. Check that one out as well. It's Trev, Carl and Lisa Marie. If you haven't heard the latest Mole on the spot and maybe you've got an hour to kill, watch it on YouTube. Very, very good. And then there is Money Talks. So Mr. Chatra was joined by Alex Miller of FC Business in the Mail on Sunday to discuss Liverpool's new shirt sponsorship deal, its next sleeve sponsorship deal, NFT and crypto opportunities hopefully all in the bin after what happened with the the heroes thing, the expansion of Anfield, the potential for a naming rights deal and the club's current levels of revenue and how they link to transfer activities. Do check that out. That is very, very good. Very insightful from Mo and Alex Miller. So that is it. That is me for today, folks. Hopefully, hopefully we win tonight. If we don't win tonight, I'm going to be in bad form tomorrow. I'm just letting you know now. I'm going to be in really bad form and I'm going to curse and I'm going to swear and I'm going to call players names and that's just what I'm going to do. So if we win tomorrow, oh, sorry, we lose tonight, probably best not to listen to this. If you're of a sensitive disposition, if you're one of them upset by Graham Souness referring to men's football as a man's game,
0: tomorrow's show probably won't be
1: one for you if we lose. See you then. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show.